we're going to spend the next few weeks going into the world of the kids in our lives. Going into the world of, of, of maybe, if you're a parent here this morning, your kids. If you're a grandparent here this morning, it could be your grandkids. It could be your nieces, your nephews. Every one of us here could probably say, that there is a child um, in whose life I have an impact, whether it's my own child or my sister's kids or uh, my neighbors. There, there are kids in my life that I could impact. And I was thinking about it this week because I was really kind of nervous as we went into this series that I would alienate some of the audience because my whole message would, would kind of feel like it was to parents only. But I started to think about my situation growing up. I started to think about what it was like being a boy growing up. And the reality is probably the people who had the greatest impact on my life were my parents. Um, my mom and dad, they're great. They're still alive. They live in England. And they had a huge impact on me growing up. But they weren't the only adults that were influential in my life. I can remember spending time with my uncles and my aunts. I can remember spending time at my grandparents' house, uh, my grandma. Excuse me, she owned a sweet shop, a candy shop. So, I mean, that was the best place in the world to go and visit. She lived above it. So, when we went to see her, that was just like heaven. So, uh, spending time on vacation with my grandparents. I can remember teachers at school still to this day that had an impact on me as a kid. And I know we've got teachers here in Connect who are, who are doing the same, impacting the lives of children. Do you know, I can remember going to a, a club, it was called Crusaders, and it was a church-run organization, and they would have fun and games. We'd play table tennis every Friday night, and then on Sundays we'd go, and there'd be games and competitions, but then they would pull us all together, and they would talk a little bit about a Bible story and share um, how that could affect our lives. And to this day, I probably couldn't tell you a specific lesson that I learned, but I can tell you about Mr. Lewin and Mr. Carpenter. They were the two guys that ran that, and I can still picture their faces in my mind. And they just had a huge impact on me as a kid. I remember enjoying seeing them. And, and they, you could tell they loved being around kids. And they loved telling kids how much Jesus loved them. And still to this day, I mean, dozens of years later, I can still remember the pair of them. So I thought, you know, the reality is every one of us, even if we're not parents here this morning, there are kids whose lives that we could be impacting. There are kids who 10, 15, 20 years from now could remember us and the impact or the influence we had on them growing up. And that's a great responsibility. We're going to talk about that over the next four or five weeks, because the reality is in this world that we live in, the temptation always is, um, rather than invest in time in kids, would be to kind of move away and get caught up in our, the busyness of our own lives. Check out this clip from this movie. You a $5 billion deal falling apart because of this? Why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head? Bang! Bang! Well, everybody just shut up! I'm sorry. And leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life. Come on, Jack. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Come with me. Mommy, I'll show you the window where your father and I used to stand and blow out the stars. I never should have come here. I should have stayed till the deal was done. You haven't been here for ten years, though Granny asked you to visit every year. I've been a little busy, Maura. You promised the children some real time here. I and just you got here. What are you talking about? Examine them all yet. It's not true. How many more broken promises, Peter? It's bad, Maura. I gotta take this call. I gotta fix this. No, you gotta fix your family first.
How many of you guys have seen that movie, Hook? I can remember watching that. It's, it's an older movie, and I can remember watching it, and I wasn't a parent at the time. And I remember thinking, man, when I'm a parent, when I'm a dad, I will never be like that. I can remember watching it and just feeling indignant that a, a, a dad could be like that and choose work over his kids. But then I became a parent, and, and the busyness of my life started to creep in and encroach upon my family. And as I was preparing this message, it took me back to a time I remember vividly this moment where I was working at the church I used to work before here, and I'd been in the office all day, and I just got home, and on my way home, I'd taken a phone call from someone, and it was kind of a, a church business-related call. I remember pulling into my garage, and was still on the phone talking, and I walked into the house, still having this conversation, and, and Emma, my youngest, uh, my daughter, uh, she came running out into the kitchen. She heard me getting home, and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, and she was like, run up to meet me. And I remember kind of putting my hand down to her going, shh, hold on, shh, I'm, I'm busy, I'm talking. And as she got to me, I saw kind of that look in her eye of just disappointment as she kind of turned around and walked away. Because I realized that in that moment, what I just basically said to her was, Emma, right now, whoever it is I'm talking to on this phone is more important to me than you are. So go on, get along. And I realized, man, I'm, I'm that guy. I've become that guy. I've got caught up in the, the business of my life. I never wanted to be there. And maybe if you're a parent here this morning, you've, you've found that happening. You've realized, man, I, uh, and, and honestly, uh, there are times where Casey would just love to grab my cell phone and just throw it out of a window. So now I have to be really careful and make those conscious decisions to, to, to shut things down so I can spend time with my family. Ironically, if you've seen the movie Hook, you'll know that there was a, a character in it called Tootles. Uh, he was one of the orphans that Wendy looks after, and his character lost his marbles. He was all the time on his hands and knees looking for them. In fact, there's one scene where he's down on his hands and knees, and Peter walks by and says, what are you doing? He says, I've lost my marbles. And Peter says, yep, I think you have. And maybe you're here this morning thinking, well, that must be the idea of this series, losing your marbles. If, if I've had any interaction with children, it's enough to cause me to lose my marbles. And though that may be true, that's not why we've called this series Losing Your Marbles. In fact, let me explain why, why we have called it Losing Your Marbles. There's a completely different idea behind it. As you came in today, every one of you should have been given a marble. Hands up if you didn't get a marble, because I want to get you a marble here this morning. So you didn't get a marble? Do we have any guys back there with marbles? There's one gentleman right down the front here. And uh, <laughs> there's a, a wife whose husband is volunteering her because she doesn't want to put her own hand up. So. But I want you to have a marble. And we'll get you a marble. And if you don't get one before you leave, you can get one. And I'm going to regret this because during first service, there was throughout the whole message, you would hear a little clunk as a marble was dropped to the floor and then some scurrying as it was picked up again. So, so hold on tight to your marble. But I want you to hold this in your hand right now. I want you to kind of roll it around your fingertips, feel it. Because I believe that the marble you are holding is very important. If I think it could change your life. Some of you think it's seriously a marble. But I think that when I explain to you what this marble means, that some of you will keep this in your pocket and in weeks, months, even years to come, you will come back and you'll show me your marble. And you'll thank me for the marble lesson and the difference that it's made in your family. There it is. <laughs> the first of many. <laughs> See, I want you to imagine for a second, not just one marble, but a bunch of them. In fact, I want you this morning to imagine 936 marbles. In fact, I tell you what, I don't even want you to imagine 936 marbles. I'm going to help you out. Here 
in this jar are 936 marbles. And this jar will be here every week. And you better not take one of the marbles out of the jar because I'll know if there's 935 and not 936. But each week we'll have this jar of marbles on the stage. And let me tell you why these marbles will be here. You see, I want you to imagine that every time a week goes by in your life, one of those marbles disappears. Doesn't matter what you do or don't do, every single week you will lose one of those marbles. And one day, all of those marbles will be gone. We will lose all of our marbles, every single one of them, all 936 of them. So why 936 marbles? Well, this is why, because 936 is 52 weeks in the year, 52 times 18. 52 times 18 is 936. If you're a parent here this morning, from the moment your child is born to the moment they graduate high school and move on to college and their adult lives, this represents the amount of weeks that they'll be with you. Now, I was telling Casey this this week, and she said, well, Emma was born just after the cutoff day in September, so she'll actually be with us. So I know it's not an exact science. I know it may not be exactly 936 weeks. Some of your kids, they may not go straight to school. They may live at home a bit longer. But this is a metaphor to represent the fact that this is a finite number of marbles. There is a finite number of weeks that your sons, your daughters, the kids in your life will be around before they move on into their own lives. And you've probably heard phrases like this before, I can't believe how fast they grow up. Where did the time go? So this morning, we're going to focus on just that. We're going to focus on time. The idea that these marbles represent time. Time that will, that will move a lot quicker than some of us were ready for. So as we look at this time, I want us to think through how we spend that time, what we're going to do with the time that we've been given, how we can best use it to make the difference in the life of a child in our lives. And this is the prayer I hope you will join uh, with me in praying over the next four or five weeks of this series. Teach us to count the days. Teach us to make the days count. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to, to make those days count. Because we count a lot of things, don't we, in our lives. Some of us count calories. Um, some of us should count calories. Um, some of us count the dollars in our bank account just to make sure that there are enough there. Some of us count how many days are left till Christmas or how many days are left till school's out. I know there are some of you out there who check every now and again to count how many people have liked your picture on Instagram or Facebook. But what would begin to happen if we learned the lesson from this marble and we prayed that prayer, teach us to count the days. Teach us to make the days count. Because you see, the idea behind this prayer comes from a verse in the Psalms. It was written by a, a key figure in the Old Testament, a man by the name of Moses. Moses wrote Psalm chapter 90. And Moses was a man who saw God do a lot throughout his life. He lived a long, full life. But on looking back in his old age, towards the end of his life, he pens this psalm, Psalm chapter 90. And in verse 12, listen to what he says, Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. This is Moses. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here's what I think Moses was saying there. 
I think Moses was reflecting on the fact that to have a true heart of wisdom, that in, in the opinion of Moses, you, know, you want to know what wisdom really is? It's appreciating the value of time. It's understanding that we have this finite number of days and we should make them count. You know, Jesus understood this wisdom. We know that his, his life of ministry, the time that he um, walked the earth and, and was preaching the gospel and, and uh, mi- performing miracles and speaking to crowds of people was a very short amount of time. It was three years. Three years from the time his public ministry began to the time that he was crucified on a cross. And we know if we read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and the accounts they give of Jesus' life, we know that he, he packed a lot into that time. He did an awful lot that impacted thousands of people. But on top of that, he spent a lot of time with 12 individuals. And he invested into 12 people's lives. And we know that that time was well spent. Because if you read the book that comes after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's called Acts. It tells the story of how those 12, those, those disciples went on to build the church. How what Jesus had poured into them went on to influence them, and they too influenced others. And isn't that what we want for the, our kids? Isn't that what we want for the kids in our lives? To impact their world in such a way that they would change the world around them. That's what I want for my kids but I'm realizing that I have a finite amount of time to invest in them and see that happen. So I am praying that prayer just like Moses. God, teach me to number the days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. So how do we do that? How do we number the days? What are some practical things that we as adults here this morning, as parents and grandparents and teachers and uncles and aunts and neighbors, how can we practically impact the lives of children? I'm going to give you a few practical ideas this morning. The first is that we can spend time on their turf. Spend time on their turf. Now, for some of you here this morning, the idea of spending time on their turf is 24-7. Because right now it's a necessity. It's changing diapers, feeding, rocking to sleep. So right now you're spending a lot of time on their turf. But the truth is, as, as those kids start to grow older and start to um, find interests of their own and activities of their own that they want to be a part of, we then get a choice to say, well, I want to spend time on their turf and, and be involved in those activities or not. So my boys at about five, six years old, they start to play soccer. I loved watching the play. I talked about this last week that I was a coach of one of their teams. I loved coaching. I loved being on their turf. And the truth is, I'd love to tell you it's because I took this point and I applied it. I thought this is a godly principle, but I just love watching them play soccer. It was great. Now, my daughter, she chose to do dance. That was a little bit of a different spectator sport than soccer was for me. I can remember getting to a recital. It was an hour long, and she was for five minutes right in the middle So for like 30 minutes, I watched a lot of people. I have no idea who they were dancing. Not something I would have normally done by choice, but then she came on. It was brilliant. For five minutes there in the middle, I saw her and all of her little friends do this this choreographed dance. And it was great afterwards to see her face light up when we were there to meet her afterwards and tell her what a great job she did. But if you're a parent here this morning or an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent, there's just something about being present on their turf, isn't there? In fact, maybe this morning you can remember as a kid being out on the baseball field or the basketball court or at a recital and mum and dad being out there in the bleachers, out there in the stands. 
Or maybe this morning you're here and you can remember they weren't there. And you can still remember that, that feeling of disappointment, the idea that um, you looked out to see if they'd made it and, and they weren't there. Because trust me, the kids in your life will notice when you spend time on their turf and they'll notice when you don't. My middle son, Will, he's in sixth grade right now and he, he, was, um, he made it onto the sixth grade basketball team this year. So he was playing for the school on the sixth grade basketball team and we went to his games and we cheered him on. And I can remember one game, I got there just in time and the, the game was about to start and they were throwing the ball up for the kickoff and, um, oh, whatever. But they were, uh, they were, you know, the game had started so I knew I was there on time and Will comes up to me at the end. He goes, Dad, where were you? I said, I was here. I, I made it in time. He goes, no, you weren't. He goes, Dad, before you got there, they were announcing the team and, and all the starters came out and they were all high-fiving and I was the guy at the end who, who did all the chest bumps. And you missed it. I said, I'm sorry, buddy. And he was really bummed that I'd missed him chest bumping. So it was a big deal. He wanted Dad to be there to see that. And the reality is, I think for our kids, they love it when we want to spend time on their turf. Teach me, God, to number the days that I would gain a heart of wisdom. You know, as well as making that conscious effort to say, you know, I'm really busy right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to spend time on their turf. As well as that, I think they also need to spend time on your turf. We need to carve out space that, that our kids can spend time on our turf. I'm sure many of us remember those precious times growing up that we got to venture out into our parents' world. Got to see them do what they do and hang out where they hang out. Because let's be honest, it was such a cool place to be. Because they got to stay up late. They could drive cars. They could spend money on whatever they wanted. Being an adult was so cool because you could do whatever you wanted and no one ever told you what to do. Now I'm an adult, I realize that's not quite how it goes, but as a kid, that's how it seems to me. Like, it would be brilliant being an adult. So to spend time in an adult's world was wonderful. So it could be for you, it could be a trip to the shops. It could be bring your kids to work day. Maybe it's a project you're working on, fixing the car, and, and they're there helping. And let's be honest, if you've ever been there, and, and, and your son or daughter comes in, and, and they tell mom, mom, I just helped dad fix the car. We all know that in reality what that means is, Mom, Dad pointed to the tools and I passed them to him. But I helped him fix the car. It's just a great experience. You know, for me, being involved in, in church, this is where I work, this is what I do for a living. I get to take my kids along with me sometimes to different functions and meetings that I'm a part of. Now, part of that is because I'm too cheap to pay for a babysitter. Um, but there is a part of it as well that I, I really want them to experience my life. I want them to see that the church is more than just something that takes place on a Sunday morning. So they get to come and they get to see some different things and we'll be out driving. They'll be like, Dad, isn't that the place that we went to that time for that meeting? Isn't that that school that we went to and we did this? Two years ago, before Connected launched, it was September of, actually no, it was about August of 2013. So we hadn't even had our first public service. But I felt that as a church, we, were, we, we wanted to take advantage of being able to do something to impact our community. So we bought um, a bunch of backpacks with school supplies. And we decided to deliver them to all of the grade schools and middle schools here in the, the Washington area. And we hadn't even met yet, so I had no volunteers to help me. So I asked Ben, Will, and Emma, would you come with me? And it was great having them with me, walking into the schools, carrying those backpacks. And they, they still remember that experience. 
And it's great for them as they've grown up to see that this is a little bit of what goes on inside dad's world. And I got to take them with me for that. So I want to ask you this morning, what's your turf where your kids can join you? We have to figure out ways to invite kids into our world for them to spend time catching, sorry, watching us do grown-up things so they can learn how to be a grown-up and they can feel valued and significant because we cared enough to invite them in. Teach us to number the days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, there's a third way. So, so there's time we can spend on their turf. We can bring them onto our turf. But I think as well, another great positive impact we can have upon our kids or the kids in our lives is by spending time together with them on what could be called neutral turf. What I mean by that is that, that place, that space that's not theirs and it's not yours, but it's, it's just a neutral space that's shared by both of you. It could be those mummy-daddy dates. It could be coffee together with one of your kids, maybe a, um, a regular breakfast time together. And here's the thing. If you're a parent here this morning, it doesn't have to be something spectacular. I think sometimes as mums and dads, we set ourselves up and we think, well, if I'm going to do something with my kid, it needs to be life-changing. It needs to be an event that they tell their kids and their kids' kids about that one time when I was growing up and my dad did this. We went to see an NBA game and the players were warming up on the court beforehand and my dad somehow got onto the court and he stole the ball from Kyrie Irving and he managed to dunk it in front of all the fans and, and they cheered and then he bought every snack that that place sold and we sat and we ate nachos and hot dogs and we laughed and we told stories and that was the day that I decided I will go to college and I'll never do drugs. And in our minds, we kind of build up this experience and we think, that's, that's what I want it to be like. I'm going to have this incredible experience with my son or with my daughter or with that kid in my life and, and forever they'll be changed. And that's a great thing to happen. Uh, that's a great um, goal to set. And I hope that you have some, some quality experiences like that with those kids. But the reality is, it's not just about quality, it's about quantity. It's not just those quality times that are important, it's the quantity of those times that are important. Let me give you an example of that this morning. If I was to say to you this morning, you know, when it comes to oxygen, what's more important to you? Is it quality or quantity? I mean, you may say, well, I do like me some quality, unpolluted oxygen. When I choose oxygen, I like it to be the finest. But the reality is, you probably would say, but I also like quantity, <laughs> Because give yourselves a couple of minutes, three, four, five minutes without any oxygen, and you'll be dying for whatever oxygen you can get, whatever state it's in. It's not wrong to want quality, but quantity is a good thing as well. And sometimes I think we set ourselves up for these special experiences, but actually it's those day in, day out, those regular occurrences. Maybe it was that weekly time that just you and your, your son or you and your daughter or you and your grandparents got together once a month and you did this and we went fishing or we, we played tennis or we did something together. And they'll remember that. Because let's be honest, if we were to ask the kids in our lives, how do you spell the word love? Here's how they spell it. T-I-M-E. Very often that's what they're looking for. In order to have the greatest impact on the kids in our lives, we need to invest quality time in the present, but over an extended quantity of time. It's taking advantage of every single moment 
over 936 weeks that we have, time over time on neutral turf. Teach us to number the days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, there's one more place that we can have a major impact on the lives of kids. Not just their turf, not just our turf, not even just that neutral turf. It's spending time on God's turf. I'm always so amazed at how many of you make church a priority for the kids in your life. You know, we have parents who bring their kids here on a regular basis. We have grandparents who bring their grandkids to church with them. They're investing in the lives of their grandkids. And I love seeing that that week in, week out. Because they care and they want to see their kids grow up to learn about how much God loves them and that he has a plan for their lives. So here's what we'll do on our end. Here at Connect Church, we will work really hard every single week to create an amazing environment in our preschool area, in our K through 5 area that meets out here, on Tuesday nights when our middle schoolers gather together at the Brewer Photography Studio for their youth meetings. We'll raise up and we'll train leaders and we'll work hard on lesson plans and curriculum. And all we ask in return is that you would make it a priority in your life to say, I'm going to help my kids spend time on God's turf. We've got a baby dedication coming up in a couple of weeks' time. It's in the middle of May. There's sign-ups at the back if you want to sign up to have your baby dedicated. But for us here at Connect, that's not just the idea of we're going to pray for this baby and hope all goes well. We actually, there's, there's videos we ask the parents to watch. There's um, meetings we have beforehand. It's a, it's a process because we want to partner with young parents to say, hey, as a church here at Connect Church, we want to help you be the best parent possible. We want to partner with you in your goal of making sure that over the next 936 weeks, you seize the opportunity of the time you've got to pour into the lives of your son or your daughter. And we tell them that the reality is, um, although you will have the greatest impact on the lives of your children, bringing them here to church on a weekly basis, allowing them to sit in to connect kids in the preschool area, they will learn and they will grow and they will understand just how much God loves them. We have parents who bring kids who, who, who wish that they, they'd had that experience when they were younger. And now are saying, you know, I want my kids to experience this because I didn't get this. And I love that my kids now get to come and learn about this. And even if you need any more convincing, as I was preparing for this message, I came across a study that was done. I read about this in the New York Times. It was published last year. A study was done that found out that there are health benefits to regular church attendance. Did you know that? This study discovered that people who attend church on a regular basis, it boosts your immune system. There's a decrease in blood pressure. It can even add two to three years to your life. Just by coming to connect on a regular basis, it could add two to three years in your life. Now, unfortunately, I think we counter that because we serve you free donuts and coffee and it takes away all the good that that did, so it, but it balances out. <laughs> But the reality is, it's a great place to be. And as parents, as adults, as grandparents, we have the opportunity to say to kids, hey, listen, we want you to experience that. We want you to be a part of that. So how do we wrap this up this morning? This is just week one. We're going to continue to talk about this over the next four weeks. But on the subject of time, 
knowing that there's only 936 marbles in the jar. How do we go from this week? Here's the challenge I want to leave with you. The fact is that once this week passes, there's one more marble gone. Once the, bowl, once the jar is empty, the ball is in their court. They choose then how much time they want you involved in their lives. So maybe you're here this morning and your jar is still pretty full. Maybe you are just beginning and, and you, you could count like just maybe two, three, half a dozen marbles that have gone so far. I would say to you this morning, make the commitment now that you are going to make the most of your time because it really will go by fast. Maybe you're here this morning, your jar's already half empty. Maybe it's even more than half empty. And for you, as I've been talking about this, it's, it's kind of a sense of disappointment is creeping in. Like, I don't know if I did the best with the time I had. I, I wish I could go back and do things different. You know, the reality is we can't change anything about the past. But whatever's left in this jar, we can make the commitment to say, you know, from this day forward, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to, I'm going to make time. I'm going to make the best use of the time that I've got. This marble that I carry in my pocket will remind me that there's a limit to how, much, how many weeks I have. So I'm going to make the best use that I can. Maybe you're here this morning and your jar is empty. Or you haven't even started your jar yet. Maybe your jar's empty because your kids have already grown up and, and moved on. Or maybe you're here this morning saying, actually, Dave, there's over a thousand marbles in my jar. Because I'm still counting down the weeks that I, I would like to keep going before we get to the, the jar starting. And that's great. But just like that story I spoke about this morning um, about Mr. Lewin and Mr. Carpenter, I still remember the impact they had in my lives. You know, there may still be an opportunity that you have where you can, can change the life of a child. It could be a grandchild. It could be a niece or a nephew. It could be here at Connect Church. You could be one of the leaders at Connect Church who, who years from now, kids will grow up and, and will say, I remember that guy. I remember that girl. There's no better feeling I have on a Sunday morning than when I stood, stand in the foyer and I'll see some of these young kids run up to one of their small group leaders and, and hug on their leg or, or tell them a story about what happened this week because they know that this person cares about them. They know that this person knows them by name and looks forward to seeing them. And maybe you're here this morning and you could get involved in that way. Maybe you could get involved with the middle schoolers. We, we'd like to see more take place for our high school students. But it's just looking for someone who's willing to say, you know, I'm, I, I, would, I would start a small group just to, to reach high school students. I would do something just to impact the lives of high schoolers. But wherever you find yourself this morning, wherever your jar is, full, half full, empty, make a commitment now. Is there a turf that you feel like maybe you've been neglecting in the, the life of the kid that you love? Let's all take the next step of working towards spending time with our kids on that turf. Don't feel the pressure to try and fix all four of them. Maybe it's just one area and you'll say, that's the area I'm going to focus on from this week forwards. That's the challenge. Do it this week. If you don't have time to start this week, I guess the question I have to ask is, when will you have time? So God, teach us to count the days and teach us to make the days count. Father, I just pray right now, as we continue on in this series, Lord, that we would realize that we have such a wonderful opportunity as parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and, 
uh, leaders and connect kids to impact the lives of children. Lord, we've made that a huge priority here at Connect Church, and we pour a lot of resources and a lot of energy because we really do believe that, Father, if we can make a difference in the lives of kids now, it will pay dividends for the rest of their lives. So we're willing to pour resources into that area. And God, I just pray right now that even this week, as we walk around with that marble in our pocket, that it will be a constant reminder of, of a, a challenge to us of how we could do more as a parent, how we could spend more time with the kids, how we could do more as a grandparent or a teacher or an uncle or an aunt, wherever we are, Lord, that we have the ability to impact the life of a young person. Let that be a right reminder and let us continue to learn as we carry on in this Losing Your Marble series over the next four weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Please come back again next Sunday as we continue on in this series. Have a great week.